My name's Dave Aston. I'm a small part of this world. I'm a guy. And this is my podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Small Guy Podcast. This week is an interview with a good friend of mine, uh, Charlie McGrother, uh, host of Charlie's Classics on Monco Radio. And um, this interview was fascinating. Uh, we weaved through a lot of the history of what I call classical music. Uh, you know, the anything from the 1950s, 60s, 70s, um, you know, good old-fashioned music you know, music that had a, that had a purpose. It had a vibe. We talk about a lot of other things too. Uh, this interview at points fell victim to, uh, what they call a dropped internet connection. Uh, so, uh, it, things got a little strange as, as you'll hear. Uh, but nonetheless, we had an engaging conversation and one I, uh, hope you learn from and, uh, yeah, take a listen. Hey, welcome back to the Small Guy Podcast. Uh, this week, another uh, fast, hopefully fascinating and fun interview. This one with Charlie from Charlie's Classics on Montgo Radio. Oh, how are you doing, Charlie? I'm doing fine, Dave. And how about you? Yeah, I can't complain. Can't complain. So what have you been doing with yourself? Well, I spend a lot of time putting my show together. Well, uh, yeah, I, my- I saw that. You've got, what, a four-hour block now? Yeah. Did I see that right? Five to nine. Yes. Wow. How do so you manage to how do you manage to put that all together? Well, it takes me a few days. <laughs> uh, first thing I do is I go through and I pick the music. Mm-hmm. Right. And do you usually have like any kind of theme or anything? I think did you did you freeze? Yeah, I think you froze. Uh oh. Okay. There we go. Okay. Okay. And starting again. <laughs> oh, God almighty. You got to love technology. It's oh, fun. yeah. Fun, fun, yes. fun. <laughs> yes. Totally fun. It's like, you know, uh, I panic and it's like, well, what, what am I supposed to do here now? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm young enough to have grown up with the, the early days of um, the PC. So it's yeah. in my blood now. But yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. It's it can get confusing sometimes, especially this new fangled internet stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that uh, I have struggled with. But one of the things that has been a, a, another positive for me coming to Montgo last year was that oh, I had really yeah Joey Valenti uh, helped me with a lot of the stuff with uh, uh, the computer and stuff like that and. Uh, and I, yeah, I came back to school last year because I had never had taken a physics course. So I came back and I took uh, physics, the calculus-based physics one and two uh, la- last fall and spring. And the spring Very semester, cool. yes, uh, thank you. And the spring semester ended up being remote learning. And uh, that was a trick. <laughs> yeah, thank you, COVID. Ugh. Yes, oh. yes. Actually, it's, it's not the virus's fault. Let, let's be let's be serious it's it's the 
I, I was on earlier uh, with John Weinberger, and he was okay. he he hates the term lockdown, but I don't know any better term for it. When right. the government says stay in place, yes. What yeah. else do you call it? You know, it's either a stay in place thing, like you said, or lockdown. They're, they, right. They, they both work. Yeah. Right. Like which, which term do you pick? They both sound terrible. Yeah. It's like you're going into the dungeon or something. We're locking you right. down. <laughs> right. Ugh. Man. Oh, man. So. Oh, so before the Internet decided to run a foul of the beginning of the show, uh, you started to talk about how you put your uh, your shows together. You say it takes you an entire day for a four, takes- what's now a four hour block. Yes, it takes me like today. Oh. Yeah. Last night my show was on. So today I started picking the music for my show. I'm, you're not going to be able to see anything, but you can see all the writing on the pad. Well, that's for what I'm going to talk about on here. Nice. Yeah. You so really start- put some thought into it. Yes, I do. That's cool. Thank that's you. cool. And what I do I, I, I wish I did that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure you would do it, Dave. You do an excellent job. What I do is I, I pick the songs and as I'm doing it, I put together some kind of theme in my head as I look at the music and then I start putting them in blocks of four. And that's how I work with them. And then if songs, if a certain song doesn't fit into the blocks, I get rid of that and bring another song in to fit into the block. If that makes so, sense. Yeah, it, it does. But so you play four songs and then yeah. you have some sort of a break or explanation yeah, I, or whatever, I talk, yeah. whatever you do. Right. Huh. I play, I play four tunes. Then I talk. And then I introduce the, the, the song that's going to start the next block. Then I say, let's rock. And then the song starts. And you just let it play. Let it play. Wow. Yes. And wow. I have I have, a, I have an opening to my show like they used to have back in the, uh, the old FM days. I play... Uh, 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 um, Leo Kotke's Available Space and about 20 seconds okay. into Available Space I said good evening world uh, from the earth to the cosmos and back and blah 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 blah, blah you know? and here's Charlie with his classics nice right. let's rock nice. and then the, start, and the show starts yeah nice what themes so. do your what themes have you covered well um, there's let's see uh well, of course, there's there's love and there's unrequited love. And yeah, that's a that's that, your your sort of typical yeah, music theme, right? Yeah. That's most of. And then, like on this one, just for instance, this one here, I have uh, to play the afternoon by Moody Blues. That's Tuesday afternoon. You know that album, right. the Days of Future Past. The whole album had the day, the morning, afternoon evening day and right. that's how there were theme right. album there were theme albums back then so that's those right. themes, those themes ran through those albums so as i picked the songs i like you follow to, the same motif you follow yeah. through you you create a theme whether it's static or progressive right and each wow. block a lot of that's times cool. there's different themes for different blocks nice like Last night, I well, one of the things is I, I, I make a habit of, like in the old days, I don't play the same song or the same uh, uh, same person twice in the same show. Every, every song is different. With that, 
uh, I like I started to say I, I I picked them out like that, and then like I spilt the the, the blocks, and then I had like I'll well no I'm sorry, I started to tell you about last night. Last night, what I did was I played a full block, four songs of David Bowie music, because it was the uh, let's see the ninth or the tenth of January. It's been five years since he's been since dead. Dead, yeah. yeah. So I played four songs. Hard to believe it's been that long, though. Yeah, yeah. time. Like the nuns used flies. to say, my, my Latin teacher used to say, "Tempus fugit." Time flies. Flies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, wow. And what I did was I played four songs from four different albums from the Ziggy Stardust era. Like I started out with. Oh like, wow! Yeah, the man who sold the world, then a hunky dory, then the uh, the. the Ziggy Stardust album, and then after that, Aladdin Sane. And I picked a song from each one of those albums that played that last night. Very cool. Talk, wow. Talking about David Bowie wanting Jeff Beck to be his guitar player during uh, the Ziggy Stardust, but he didn't think he could get him, so he got Mick Ronson. And like I said last night, think about that. That's a compliment to both men. It is, you know? especially so, from the likes of David Bowie. Wow! Yes, absolutely, and and David Bowie's one of those guys that changed music, you know. Oh, radically, yeah, radically, yeah. His whole thing, uh, uh, like even the the whole symbolism of him, like wearing a dress, like there's pictures of him going to the store with his wife, and he's wearing a dress, and the whole idea was that he was going to take what was the norm and turn it on his head, turn it on its head, and then and then work from there. So that's what he did. The only problem was during the Ziggy Stardust years, when he was doing that, he almost died because of his, 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 he wasn't eating. He got himself, you know, they call him the Slim White Duke. That's the reason they call him the Slim White Duke, because he mm. shrunk during those years. Oh, and wow. The interview, one of the interviews he had before he died, he talks about having done that when he was young, because he said he would never have been able to do that when he got older. Right, because when you're young, you always walk on that that ledge between life and death. Because you think you're you're uh, uh, going to live forever, and uh, and when you get older, you start to think, well, wait a second, there's an end to this run somewhere along the line, and I don't want to help it along any. <laughs> right. Does that make sense? To what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Okay. It does. Sadly, especially in this day and age, yeah. you want to sort of make an, make your own escape. Mm -hmm. That's great. So, so that's so that's how, how how still music reflects real life in many oh, ways. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. The oh. whole music, the whole music scene, does reflect what's going on. Just think about, just take the '60s for instance. Oh yeah, for sure. For yeah, the, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Like, see, from 1960 to 1969, the change that took place in music in those ten years was, was incredible. Radical. You went from everything that, went on its head. Exactly. And that's when Bowie turned everything on his head. And he the first that, that his first album that he he made was in 1966, I believe. And what he did was his whole idea was when he got this idea for Ziggy Stardust, he started putting out music to lead up to that time. Everything was thought about. He, he made everything. He planned everything out. And that's how the whole that's how. Uh, the whole theme albums come come together because he takes they they would take the whole the whole idea 
and then they would parse it out and then you know put the right right uh, uh, music and songs to fit that so that you could follow right along so you would go to back when bowie was doing the ziggy stardust concerts back in say 1972 73 74 uh he uh what was i going to say i hate that i just forgot what i was going to say what, what what was i saying right before that he, you started talking about the David Bowie concerts and how he was when he was bringing oh. out Ziggy Stardust and the and the how the yes. albums have a thematic uh, right motif. and uh, yes I'm sorry excuse me uh, and mm -hmm. what happened if you went to the uh, a Bowie concert during it, Ziggy Stardust that's what it was you would see David Bowie Ziggy Stardust and and, and the Spiders from Mars and he they did the whole album in concert and went through the whole thing just like um, Peter Gabriel did with Genesis back in the early, late 60s, right. early 70s. You know, the right. whole Foxtrot album, you know, the yeah. Watch Through the Skies. You know, that, that whole album could pertain to today, you know? Oh, no, oh, ain't that the truth? Right. And it's like, it's incredible. I mean, good music lasts forever. I mean, we, uh, Beethoven is still played. And he hasn't, he hasn't toured. Hello. Yeah, hello. And under the category of third times at charm. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. We'll see what happens here. We'll give it a go. <laughs> let's, let's see if we can finish this all. <laughs> we, got, we got about 24 minutes in and then. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> then it all for came those down. Of you for those of you listening to this edited version of the Small Guy podcast live on Montco Radio, you're probably going, what? is this well <laughs> this is called pre-recorded radio for <laughs> built on the internet yes. your connections drop out and the um if you can't listen live don't worry about it go to my website daveastonmedia.com slash small guy pod uh you can pick up this exact same show anytime you want um and you other shows if they run longer than an hour you get the rest of the rest of the interview which we're hopefully going to continue <laughs> um we mentioned earlier about music mimicking life and frankly vice versa right. um do you want to walk down that street about like other events that have been happening just since january 1st well we can we can talk uh, if it's your show, you. man. You're, you're, you're my guest. You talk about whatever you want. If you yeah. tell me no, we'll find something else. Well, if you want, did you want to talk about politics? Or did you want to talk about? Music? I don't care. You're my guest. You talk about whatever you want. Uh, okay. Well, I wanted to talk about music because I didn't want the politics. You know. It, okay. It just, you know. But it's cool. It, but if it, but if you want to talk about politics, I'll walk down go. that line with you, and we'll just go right there. Go for it. Okay. Go for it, man. Like I said, this is this is just two dudes chatting. Okay, that's that's what this show is built on. Yeah. So walk down that street. Well, uh, uh, given this situation, for instance, this this time period right now, where we're getting ready for a new president, and in the time that since January, since to be since last January, uh, you know. A lot of things occurred and uh, the, the COVID occurred and that blew out of proportion. And to uh, 
just working off of that, uh, people, guys, girls, men, women, whatever, uh, they work off of the situations that are going on in society and how it affects them. For songwriters, they write songs. For poets, they write poems. And for someone who writes prose, may take what's going on for the past 12, 15 months and yep. work it out, <laughs> you know, and start yep. with a theme sentence, you know, just like when we all wrote yep. learning how to write. My thing was I would just, if I couldn't come up with a theme sentence, I would just start writing. And then maybe somewhere in the it's middle, the best way to it do would it. come to me and I would just scribble it down. Yep. So that's, uh, that's looking at it from a, um, from a person to person situation and how yeah, that's also looking at it from an artist's point of view, you know, or whether that artistry be writing music, painting, what have you. Um, I think it was Hemingway who said, you write what you know. Um, and the same right. thing with music, you, you make lyrics and, and actual music out of what you know. And sometimes that means getting political. And I mean, you talk about that, heck this, the music from the sixties, the seventies, and even to an extent, the 80s, that's the majority of it, man. Right. The, the politics just f- flowed right through it. Right. And it, it was like a, it was like a, a river that was just run that would just run straight with no breaks in it. What was right. going on in the pol- political scene it was like a canoe and the people that were writing songs just jumped on top of it and just rode it all the way through. I mean, as, as, I mean, I don't know if that's a corny metaphor or not, but. No, but it's an accurate one. It's definitely accurate, you know, because you're you're it's like the it's like the Huckleberry Finn kind of thing. You're on a rickety little raft. Mm-hmm. You're at the mercy of the river. Right. And all you can do is talk about what you see. And right. if what you see is not that pleasant, then then ergo, your music mm-hmm. is going to reflect that your writing is going to reflect that, you, you know, what you produce on a podcast is going to reflect that. Exactly. I mean, just like what you said about what Hemingway said, you do what you know, you talk what you know. Right. For me, I like to write. I've dabbled in writing. Uh, But the thing is that when I was younger, when I tried to make up stories that took place somewhere else other than Philadelphia or the area, I I would get lost in the middle of it because I didn't have any way of explaining what was going on because I had nothing to base the story on. You know, does that does that make that sense? That makes sense. No, that makes total sense. That makes total sense because you're you're unfamiliar with other environments, right? You know, you you lived in Philly most of your life or all of your life. It's all you know, right? And that's what you're right. Yeah, you know, Hemingway wrote about war because yep. he was into it. You know, he was a a a, a uh, an ambulance driver during the First World War, I believe. Yep. Yes, he was. And he went through and that's when he started, like he started writing his, uh, um, his, his short stories, uh, who's a character that, that was the, the, um, oh, the Nick Adams stories, the, the short yeah. stories of Hemingway yep. and, and him picking the name Nick Adams because it, it gave more of a, a masculine feel or so Hemingway thought, you know? Yeah. So, but, but what, I, but what I, the point I'm making is, is that, that Hemingway did what he knew. He wrote it about war. He wrote about uh, fishing because he was into fishing, hunting, you know, uh, 
he even yep. he even wrote a short story about the like the day after he broke up with his girlfriend. In one of the <laughs> oh, stories. I remember but, being forced to read that in a yeah. lit class a few years back. Yeah. Uh, Hemingway is just not my speed. I ugh. you don't like Hemingway? Well, who no. do you like? Who did you, no. did you like? Um, most of my classical author uh, followings predate the 20th century. Okay. There's, om- there's almost no literature of the 20th century that I have read that I like. Okay. Uh, with the exception of Steinbeck. I, I, oh, I, can, yeah. do, I can do Steinbeck. Yeah. Um, but most of my stuff is uh, Twain. It's uh, Mel- the two novels that Melville wrote. Right. Uh, Billy Budd and Moby Dick. Yeah. Uh, mo- most of it's latter 19th century. And then it jumps all the way forward into the early 21st. Like it literally leapfrogs. I don't know if you can see it in the back left-hand corner back here, back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's my, like, the Hunger Games series. That's like the thing by which I measure all other modern fiction. And frankly, I think I set the bar a little too high because I've read a lot of 21st century fiction. And, it, I mean, every there, there's, a, there's a audience for everybody, but for me – you're not up there yet. You're, you're not up to the level of somebody who's only written. Suzanne Collins has written the grand maximum of nine or 10 novels. That's it. She spent all the rest of her career doing television scripts. Okay. Almighty. Can she write and write well? Yeah. And she gets right to the point, right? If she's writing for TV, they get right to the point. Yes, she does. Funny. You bring that up. The very first Hunger Games book, what hooked me immediately, like I've read a lot of books. I've read a lot of great science fiction um, by a lot of stuff by a lot of great science fiction authors. Orson Scott Card, Neil Gaiman, uh, Peter David, the list goes on. That used to be my thing. And I would read like painstakingly slow. Like it would take me months when even up into my 20s, it would take me months to get through a 300 page three by five paperback like I would be that type of person who would sit there and nibble on each word yeah. and try to digest it. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. That the first book in that trilogy, I hit the la- the end of the first chapter. And for the first time in my life, I couldn't put a book down. Mm. Okay. I couldn't, the descriptions are too accurate. And I mean, it certainly doesn't hurt that some of the themes that are in that trilogy uh, sort of reflected into my own life with the relationships that I had okay. with my own sisters. Cause that whole thing, despite what you might've heard or seen with the movies, this, this isn't some hacker slasher type of thing, although that stuff is in there. Uh, Cause that's what Suzanne Collins does. She writes about war, but the okay. true story of that trilogy is the love of two sisters. Okay. And it just, it, it hooked me I, I couldn't put him down and and those two sisters not only pulled that novel along but it pulled you along with everybody else to read it yeah like, it pulled you along oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah turned I, me into a, a complete and utter shameless fanboy <laughs> well, yeah well you know what i t- they catcher and a rye did that for me oh yeah holding oh, caulfield sure. story was incredible yes incredible I've yes. read that story five. I've read that book five times. I, I <sighs> and every time that and Huckleberry Finn, every yes. time you read the two of those stories, you, you come see up with something, something else new, right? Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Right. That's how I feel about Grapes of Wrath. Okay, John Steinbeck. Yep. Yeah. Grapes of Wrath, man. I, every time I see something different, some nuance about something that isn't in the history books. Uh-huh. You, you know, not the stuff that Steinbeck puts in that novel, you would never know really happened. Excuse me. Okay. Well, you're good. Yeah, you're I just good. hung up. Yeah, we all now we all get interruptions. It's cool. No worries. Uh, that's, that's, I apologize I for the, that. I love nah, I love doing this stuff uncut because the, life just happens. It's like being in the yeah. studio. You can't rewind from making a live gaff and yeah, sure this may be pre-recorded, but yeah, right. I'm but not every, doing a rewind. All no. the gaffs go along with it. You yeah. got it. You got yeah. it. And it's it's kind of like Grapes of Wrath. You see the you see the bumps in the road. You see the mm. ugly side of it. You see the real hardship that had to be lived back then. People right. were literally walking hundreds of miles, particularly right. out in the Dust Bowl, and there was nobody from whom to get a job. Right. Nobody. It, it, it was like it was like now. So many people out of work. Yeah. It just it, it's yeah. It I I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so it's so heartbreaking to see this. And, and the thing that makes me maddening, since you don't mind having this steered in the political direction, whatever you what, want to do, what maddens me about these lockdowns or whatever you want to call them, is that nobody understands that there is a huge financial cost by staying in place. Like California right now is the worst hit because they've got L.A. County in particular. Their lockdowns are so severe. They're almost as bad as other countries where you can't go anywhere unless you're, you know, quote unquote, essential. You can't you you can't go to the grocery store in some cases. You can't like you can't live. You can't even go outdoors. It it just boggles my mind, especially Southern California, where. A, you've already got a lot of high taxes and a, and a lot of people, and you're you got a massive amount of like competition. Why would you ever consider locking down the hub of the West Coast? That to me makes no sense at all, business wise. You're asking for people, many of whom are already impoverished. You're asking them to be worse. Right. Right. So, and- I don't know. I don't get it. I well the, the the way I the way I look at it, and then I have to tell you that uh, this whole lockdown has uh, made me crazy, <laughs> and uh, I have to say Play that the club, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's why I come up here and I do my thing, and my craziness stays out here. And I Charlie comes Charlie the DJ comes in here, and Charlie the crazy one goes outside, and he stays out there and he waits for me until I'm done. <laughs> oh god I, i'm the exact opposite because when i go out that means i'm going to work or okay. i'm doing something important right. i come in this is what this is what you see is what you get exactly exactly <laughs> you know and, and if if i end up off the rails or flying off the handle on for some reason you know what put up with it because <laughs> when i go outside i have to be mr prim and proper i gotta watch everything i got i say mm. i've gotta be careful oh. how i encounter people because being in retail i oh. don't get the option i don't get the option of not encountering people a b i also don't get the option of 
not following their rules. Like I've come across, and this is only within since the beginning of the year, I've come across three customers who I get within less than six feet of them. And they go nuts. And they're like, can you please stay back? Please six feet, six feet. Right. Like I've got the freaking bubonic plague. Right. Are yeah. we kidding? Come on, man. But the thing is, I, you know, looking at it from the just looking at it from the other side, I can see well, I, I, I can I, I can understand people being that uh, that that weird. I, I just use weird for because I can't think of another word to fit in there. Skittish. But, skittish. Good. That's that's even better. That is better. Much better. Yeah, people skittish. are skittish because of all of the death that has occurred from this. And it's and it is like and I've talked about it on my radio show a couple of times. It is like the Black Plague. Uh, it's like, you know, we keep waiting for uh, the uh, Pied Piper of uh, Philadelphia to lead all the rats out <laughs> into the Delaware River. You know, <laughs> so, I mean, See, that's- I I understand the emotion. OK, mm-hmm. and I understand where people can see that you know i mean it's this is a problem okay right i'm not an idiot i know this is a problem it's an incurable uh virus okay Mm -hmm. i'm not an idiot okay contrary to what some people may label me to be but i have a hard time especially after april may time frame when we saw a certain repetitive pattern to this virus I have a hard time just squaring the fear versus the numbers. Don't get me wrong. I know people who have had COVID. I know it's bad. And when you get it, 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 it's a 50-50. Things could fall apart and go south and, and, or you can just be sick for a little bit and you're perfect. And you know, your taste eventually comes back. Your smell eventually comes back. But I have a real hard time. When I'm looking at the current numbers and I'm going pause button, there are double the number of people who die from secondhand cigarette smoke alone per year than have died from COVID yet. True. Okay. And it's, right. and it's been in our midst for just about that long of time that officially, officially since like what, February. So that's right. 11 months and we've got half the number of people. I'm not saying don't be cautious. I'm not saying don't wear a mask, especially when you're indoors with, people that are total strangers don't get me wrong i'm not saying don't don't throw caution to the wind but the lockdown end of it is my bigger problem okay regardless of the the numbers my lockdown the lockdown part is my bigger problem why are you going to lock things down when you're not taking care of the cigarette problem get rid of that why aren't we banning uh why aren't we banning that why aren't we you know, creating lockdowns over secondhand smoke. Why aren't those those pre-existing rules, which are decades older than COVID, why aren't we taking care of that when we know statistically more people are going to end up dead, God forbid? It, see, it doesn't add up to me. Why are you going to lock things down well, for you, something you, that has far, that is far less fatal? I'll, okay, I'll, I'll I'll say this, and I just thought of this. So, <laughs> yeah, no, no, go ahead, flesh it uh, out. The uh, with secondhand smoke, people that smoke cigarettes, yep. okay, they are doing it. They they are they are called they are smoking, and with people in the area, they are not they are sharing the nicotine and all the other neat little things that are in there with all the people around them. 
you know, now mm-hmm. that that is not something, you know, people have become a little, I think, a little bit more polite. And those people that still smoke cigarettes go outside because that's the way society has has made it like, OK, that's a pariah. So you're going to go outside and smoke that. And when you're done that, you can come back and enjoy. You can come back and join the rest of the group. Mm-hmm. Whereas with COVID, this is not something that say they a, a per, it was produced. You know, they per, a person did it on their own. You know, um, released the COVID. I'll just say released the COVID germs to other people. This mm-hmm. was something that came to came to the East Coast from Europe. And once something, once a, uh, a COVID or, or any other kind of virus comes into the society, what happens is if it's not taken care of right away, it, it goes ex- exponentially. And when it gets to that point, it just, that, that line goes vertical. And those numbers like just seem to like fall and you have so many more people sick and so many more with, with dying. Now, my sister, you got, you got a point. You got a point. I hear you. It, you're right. It's valid. We do have to take precautions. We, and and I'm going to I'm going to let you make your point. I'm sorry for interrupting. I'm going to let you make your point before I give you my rebuttal. You said okay. something about your sister. Okay, yes. My sister Maureen and her son Stephen got COVID. Now okay. they they had it and they did they did the uh, quarantine. Now they in the beginning they felt a little bit like uh, kind of like a bad cold or like the flu kind of feeling. I think this is the way she put it, but it, it, it just, you know, like any other time you ever would get a cold or it just kind of like wanes away. It goes away. And that's what happened with her. Now, on the other hand, my wife, Ellen, her aunt, uh, her aunt Dolores died of COVID. Mm. She was living in a, in a, uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, like a nursing home kind of situation. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. And yeah. Uh, thing. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to even touch that subject with a, with a 10 foot pole, but that's I mean, another yeah. thing that gets under my skin. Yeah. And you're, you're there. Uh, you know, you, you have a, uh, uh, what, what I was going to say, you have a, a set crowd there. It's right there. Yep. To just to just ingest all of that stuff that goes on. Yeah. And I had problems at those places too. Oof. However, who, I mean, who doesn't, yeah, I, I mean, there's I, most of them, especially in this Commonwealth, they're so poorly managed. They're horrible. They're horrible. Anyway, continue. And I, uh, so you know, Aunt Dolores, she died of COVID. She was older. I mean, she fit the whole the whole thing. She was going on ninety. Okay. Oh wow. She had smoked for like seventy years of her life. Ooh. And uh, uh, I, I'm just using I'm, I'm a round number. I, I know that she started smoking when she was young, like all like all kids, like we all did. Or I say we, those of us who grew up in Ireland, we, <laughs> we did that. And then along the way, some of us said, you know what, I'd rather not do that anymore. And then others continued going. But it happened. And some people had, can say now that they're 62 my age. They've been smoking for 50 years since they were 12. So that's why I put together those numbers. It sounds horrible and off the wall because it is horrible and off the wall. But, you know, that that was another thing that she had in her system. And she had all these things. And what and the COVID 
just, I guess, pushed it over, pushed, pushed, pushed her it over, over the, the edge. Hill. Yes. Yeah. So, excuse me for one second. Uh, so, no, go ahead. They, uh, excuse me. So, it's something mm -hmm. that is uh, like until they, until they were able to wrestle the, the, the virus, the COVID virus, and, and be able to find the messenger RNA to, uh, you know, to attack uh, any kind of COVID uh, uh, problem inside of you or uh, create antigens in your body that would fight a virus such as that. Because you know, as well as I do, the only way to fight a virus is your body. You know, penicillin right. isn't going to do any good right. for you. You know, yeah. Regardless of you know where the vaccine is coming from, or if you you, you buy the herd immunity thing, I, I've always been that type of person that says that the truth is somewhere in between. Oh sure, you know sure. that the vaccine is not God, and neither is her, herd immunity. Neither is the ultimate you know ultimate right. answer. You got to come somewhere in between, and I yeah. think we're finally hitting that mid mark. You know, right. had the, the vaccine's been out for what, close to a month now. Right. About that. So, yeah. Um, and and it, one other thing yeah. I wanted to mention to you, Go Dave, ahead. that herd immunity, you know, they talk about herd immunity, about, you know, letting everybody, let people get the, the, the virus and then let nature not, take its course. I'm not, no. a fan, not a fan of that. Not no. a fan of that because that's a lot. Because even when you go by, let's let's use the famous phrase, the science. Okay. Right. The fact of the matter is that by just doing carte blanche herd immunity, you are begging for people in your age bracket and and older to just get knocked off. Right. Exactly. And that's, and that's that, not okay with me. Well, not me. That either. is not okay with me. <laughs> I, no. I, there's a lot of wisdom locked inside the head of people like you and especially people older. There's a lot of wisdom out there that is just going to get lost that factor alone much less everything else okay right. i'm not trying to look at this from a selfish point of view no i did, i think what you're saying you see what i'm saying yeah. it's not okay to just say herd immunity and boom that's 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 bs 19th century survival of the fittest bullcrap right. shut you're, up you're playing we, we've we've grown as a society right now we gotta prove it Right. And her blanket herd immunity without some kind of back and forth with a vaccine or some kind of inoculation. That's Neanderthal crap. Don't right. don't give me that line. You're play you're you're playing you're playing darts with people's lives. You know, I mean, and you're and, and, and the only and you're, shot and you're you can make is the middle. Right. And it's going to say you're the you're the championship dart thrower and you keep hitting the bullseye every single time. That's what you're doing. Right. You're. you're Begging for the target demographic to just die, and that right. I was I was pr I was troubled by that narrative way back then. I'm still troubled by it. When the vaccine alone has its own problems because, great, we have one. We actually have three, but did they really get field tested? Well, no. We're no. doing the field testing now. Yeah, they 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 <laughs> they were they gave them a. Uh, they said okay. Uh, I know it takes two years for a for a for a real vaccine to be put together. At least that's two right. Years. That's right. We're going to. There's gonna, a reason for that. Right, because they keep running the tests, and then they do the double blind test, and then they, you know, 
and then they got to make modifications. You got to right. make new batches. You got to anticipate for exactly. mutations. Like there's a lot that goes into it. And I don't think the average person is focused in on that. The average person is like, yay, vaccine. Right. I just right. knocked my microphone. Oops. <laughs> but they're ready to take the shot. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Oh, pause the, button. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, the thing is now in Europe, you talk about mutations and I was talking other, you know, explaining this to somebody that it's that, that the virus is evolving. You, mm-hmm. you, you don't yes. necessarily kill a virus. What you do is no. you put it in, in dry dock for a little while. So you That's figure right. out how to what the next step's going to be scientifically with the next type of virus or pandemic is going to occur. And then you prepare for that. And you prepare and you put together what you can, what makes sense at the time, and yeah. then you go with it from there. And the, the time period of having two years, you're able to take it from the Petri dish, from, or taking it from somebody's mind to the blackboard, to the Petri dish, and then all the way through to the final vaccine that people get. Yeah. So what they're doing is now, because of the situation, they're just, they're bypassing that one step and saying, okay, we're going to say that this vaccine is 90%. What do they call it? What's that term they use? Well, I'll just say 90% effective, effective, right? Effective. effective. Yeah. All right. So, okay. 90% effective. So then, and I said, this, so, you know, there's going to be 10% of the population that gets, that goes at this vaccine that is going to have negative result to it because it's just right. statistics. You right. Can't math doesn't lie. And statistics doesn't lie. No. Nope. And just like science and stuff like that. You, you, you see it and it's like, okay, now I notice it. And now we're going to f- find how we're going to get into that virus to make it non-effective. So that's when they get the yep. messenger RNA in the, in the virus. So it'll go right to it and then it'll do whatever, whatever it does to isolate that, that germ. And then that continues yep. out throughout your body. The body's an incredible machine, <laughs> an incredible yep. machine. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And uh, it's, you know, being able to, you know, having having a disease or, or a virus like we have right now and having gone through thousands of years of human involvement, uh, evolvement, I'll use that, make that noun <laughs> and learning. It. And and I think the word you're looking for is evolution. Evolution. Yeah, there absolutely. Yes. And the evolution is that, you know, people are going to deal with Say that we'll just use a cold, for instance. It cold, which started, we still haven't cured, by the way. Exactly, exactly. And it's a virus that that yeah, it just keeps, keeps on mutating. mutating, and you can't kill it. You know, yeah. It's like the it's like the, uh, the 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 cousin that came to dinner and then decided not to leave. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You, you gotta get up go. To the table. <laughs> yeah, right. you at least go to the bathroom. That's so right. And like, I think you you're pretty cool. That's right. I think you're cool and everything, but. Go sit out on the porch for about an hour. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Give me a chance to get my head together here. <laughs> yep. So, oh, yeah. God, that was funny. Yeah. I laughed like that in a couple of days. Well, that's cool. I'm glad. God, that was funny. <laughs> Laughter is incredible. It's an and incredible. It's, a, it's an effective piece of medicine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nothing Let, beats laughter. Yep. True. Let me ask you a question that's going to sound like a bit of a stinger. Now that we've just hashed out the whole thing about COVID and, you know, with all the medicines and all of that jazz, 
Do you think that, and this, I'm going to phrase this as a yes or no question, but of course I'd, I'd like you to expound on it. Do you think that the lockdowns are effective now? Don't not, don't drive back to March because back then we didn't know what we were dealing right. with. Talking right. about now, are they effective? Oh, let me think about this. Uh, I would say off the top of my head, I would say yes. However, okay. however, uh, nothing is ever 100% perfect. And uh, you're going to have, uh, you have problems with uh, people with, 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 with working and with making money and, and, and survival and all of that. I think now, if, when they are able to, and this is my feeling, that when they're able to harness this virus, when able to harness it, then it can stop. Then it can start to let go of the reins, because I think that, you know, for most, for a lot of people, say for, for you and me, say, mm-hmm. we know that if we we're going to go into a situation where we're going to be around a lot of people, we're going to be indoors and everything. I'm wearing a mask. Uh, I'm doing whatever I can to protect myself, and also by wearing the mask, I'm protecting the other people from getting whatever spittle would come from me. So it works okay. back and forth. Okay. I think though, I think that for people who, this is a hard, it's a really hard question, Dave, because uh-huh. I, I, it's a really hard That's question. Why I asked it? Yeah, <laughs> thanks. because uh, yeah, I don't have the simple answer either. Yeah, I mean, you you can look at it from both sides and say, okay, okay, or not okay, not okay. It's you know, however you perceive the situation at the time. Right. The way the way I see it is this. If, if by locking down or whatever, whatever term you want to use, mm-hmm. we'll be able to keep this virus from going worse than worse, you know, then maybe keeping people inside to protect themselves mm-hmm. is a good thing. Protecting, okay. protecting oneself is a good thing. However, okay. in the society now where, there's just so many people. I'll, I'll just say, yes, I'll, I'll say the lockdowns are good because I think what it does is it keeps people thinking about what's going on. It keeps it in the forefront of their mind if they're doing these things. Okay. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm being, I'm going through this shutdown or whatever because this virus is going on and it could kill me. So okay. with using those, those, you know, uh, those, those really, uh, those thoughts, you know, uh, and, and going from there. Okay. Uh, I think everything blows up from there on both sides. Well, no, that that's a given. That's a given because at a certain point, everybody loses track uh, of the, the focal point of this whole thing. And that's that there's right. going to be a demographic of people that's going to get hit harder than others. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't be unsympathetic. We can't be um, complacent like we once were, mm-hmm. you know, like they, there was, there was a study that oddly was released right before the lockdown started that showed that less than 40% of Americans washed their hands more than once a day. There you go. <laughs> So there are lessons to be learned exactly. and hopefully we have learned them or at right. least a few of them. 
Um, I. Yeah, no, no, you, I, 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 you hit the I, nail right on the head there because, yeah, the longer something goes on, mm-hmm. the more it's like, uh, well, you know, it's been so we've been in lockdown, say, for 97 months and I've had enough and I'm just going to go. I'm not going to nothing's going to happen. I'm just going to go outside on the lawn and get some fresh air. Right. Oh, there's my pal Mike across the street. I haven't talked to him in 96 months. I'll go talk to him. And then people start to, you know, uh, congregate or, or however. Okay. And the, and the thought of the possibility of dying rolls off sort their of. back because they've been doing this for so long and it hasn't attacked them. So they feel, well, you Complacency. Know, exactly. Exactly. Complacency. Exactly. Okay. So I, I go ahead. I hear where you're coming from. Um, even from the beginning, um, when... I mean, at the beginning, I was like, yeah, sure. Lock everything down. Great. See you in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, my company, the company I work for, kept my store closed for six days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not 14 like I had planned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of the problem, was part of the problem. The The issue I see now is that we didn't create enough of a time barrier, you know, sort of cultural to, to create a new cultural shift or at least a temporary cultural mm-hmm. shift where the masks put on gloves, you know, when needed, you know, make sure you're washing hands frequently, you know, wash down this, that, and the third, depending on the type of business that you have. And don't um, do anything stupid. Yeah. Well, see, and there, see, now there's the quintessential problem is, and we talked, we just, we just said it was complacency. The problem is we weren't given enough time. If we had all just shut down for 14 days and got in, you know, got educated via right. this great mass media that we have now from social media to cable news, to all of it, if right. they had all beat the same drum of right. wear the mask, wash your hands, keep your six foot distance instead of mm-hmm. playing political tiddlywinks with it during those critical first 14 days, mm-hmm. then, you know, we wouldn't be dealing with all these questions now because right. we'd have the habit down and we wouldn't need lockdowns. We wouldn't need to be playing numbers games. We wouldn't need to have these arguments. Uh, if, if everybody was a team player, a team player, right. And you said, and right. you said, and you said, okay, look, guys, what we need to do is we need to be able to stop this guy. So we right. got to work on this. Right. Well, in this situation, this the guy we got to stop is a little virus that we can't see. Right. right. So the problem, I mean, what you said makes perfect sense. The problem with the, the problem arises when people just counter that thought or just fight that thought for just for the sake of fighting it making a political football right. out of it. Right. And, you know, and who ends you up said it who, right there? Yeah. And who ends it's up not even like they have run. a valid excuse or, or a valid reason. They're just, no, it goes against my sensibility and snap. And it's like, no, dude, you are standing three feet away from somebody that's, you know, you say you're a 30, 40 year old and the person standing in front of you is double your age for God's right. sake, back up, put the mask on and, and then have a conversation. Whether the other guy right. does or doesn't, you, you have to be, you have to be cautious. Right. Uh, I, but still, I don't see how that justifies the hodgepodginess of the lockdowns. 
they shut down stuff that was quote unquote unessential. But at a certain point, you have to put those non-essential things back in operation because right. that's people's livelihoods. Exactly. If they can't get back into business, then the lockdown doesn't matter anyway. Exactly. Can I can I ask you you're in yeah. retail. What 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 do you what do you I work, what do you sell? I, I work for an office supply retailer that okay. shall remain nameless. Oh no no let I me, it's fine. Let, let me let me be a little bit more specific. I work for the largest brick and mortar office supply retailer. Okay. Gotcha. There, there's your Google search. Figure it out on your own. Thank you. Thank you so very much. <sighs> yep. Um, <laughs> I was just curious. And the reason I was yeah. curious is because I know how difficult retail is when everything is hunky dory, you know, when everything is it, just great. Yep. Now you're getting to a situation now where <laughs> this, this, this County is working and this County staying home. And he, it's like, how the right. hell do I sell and this my county goods? Is going wee 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 exactly. Wee, and this little home. piggy, yeah, right, all the way home. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you know the problem is we don't have team. There aren't any team players anymore. Right. It's me, 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 me. Right. How is this going? How is this going to work for me? I love, I love America and how it has a federated republic. But this is one of those situations where being a federated republic bit us in the ass, and it bit us hard. Um, and you're right. We should have all just went, okay, blanket. Everybody makes the same decision, but we all should have made it at the same time instead of, you know, and and the other thing too, is that the, the whole idea that a virus will come into the country and a couple of people will have it and then, and then then it'll just, no, no, I'm saying a couple of, and then they'll just fly away. No, that doesn't happen. No, no. Viruses don't fly away. No. Viruses continue to grow and grow and it continues. As long as there's a host. Exactly. And I'm going to throw this out because this is no good to me anymore as a virus. I'm going to take on this, you know, it's a constantly changing costume, you know, I'm not getting enough fuel with this specific chemical configuration or this DNA configuration. Guess what? Change adapt which is right. something we've lost we've lost the ability to adapt socially right. cult, you know culturally we've lost right. the ability to adapt and i think that's one of our other massive weaknesses oh absolutely i mean there was this, the whole thing behind with darwin and and i'm not going to go into an evolution yep. thing all i'm going to say is basically when you get down to it throughout all those books it's adapt or die yeah that's yeah it. no that's it comes true. down to that no, you know? you're right. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You know, no, you have to, regardless of what your your stance is on, you know, the theory of evolution or whatever. Right. You're a creationist or whatever. You can't deny the fact that life is about adaptation. Right. Just look at how a human grows. Right. It's all about adaptation. Right. And, and somehow along that long, tre- that seemingly long trek, we lose that focus of adaptability. Yes. Because I believe people get using your word complacent because, all right, I'm in my 20s and I'm yep. partying with my buddies and, never, you know, I'll never yep. die. I'm invulnerable. <laughs> and then you think, but I don't know if I'm going to make it to 30. Then you make it to 30 and it's like, all right. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to keep an eye on what I'm doing. You know, I'm not going to party yeah. as much and right. I'll but make I'm going to go. 
Right. right. And let's see if I make it to 35. Let's make, make it to 40. I've made it to 40. So what does this mean? Three quarters of my friends are dead and I'm already, <laughs> and I'm here by myself. Exactly. No. <laughs> it's, but it's, God forbid, but yeah, right. Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. It's, it's like you, you're, you're just gonna, you're gonna hit cruise control and you're like, right. I'm gonna do my thing. And just, it's the Utah salt flats. Right. <sighs> get out right. of my way. Exactly. And you know, it's, uh, for whatever reason, I made it to 62 and friends of mine didn't make it to 32 or 42. Mm. God forbid. Oh, and I, and yeah, I don't mean yeah, that. Yeah. In, I don't mean that in a, in a, uh, and in a humorous way. I mean, no, not that, at all. That's life. And that's how it is. You know, as you get older, you start to realize that is baked into the cake. Yeah. The days, as the old expression goes, the days ahead of you are fewer than the days behind you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which, ooh. And it's like, I think to myself, you know, I'm going to fight this getting old as much as I possibly can. There you I'm go. not getting old. I'm not allowing that to happen. No. So my, that what, to say this real quick, the reason I went back to school was because I wanted to get out of the house, meet people, learn something, and get on the radio if I can. Fortunately there, for me, I was able to do all three. Right there, right there is my argument against the lockdowns. Right there. That reasoning right there. Specifically because humans are social animals. Even well, yeah. if we're even if we're big introverts, the social aspect of our lives is hugely critical absolutely. to maintenance, to development, to mental health, to all of it. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I think, I think I'll tell you what, I think lockdowns and I'm going for my own personal thing. Lockdown does play games with your mental health. Oh, play, yeah. play games with my mental health. Oh yeah. And you know, it's no question. And it's a truth. It's, I mean, it's, I, I'd be lying if I said it didn't. And it's something that, you know, there's another thing you got to adapt to. Okay. I got to yep. adapt to this happening. And it's either I like roll up in a little ball and just wait for death to come. Or I say, you know what the hell with it? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do something. Whatever happens, happens. We're right. going to do it. We're going to run that play and whatever happens, happens. And I, I hope somebody out there, some smart scientific or so or sociological somebody is putting together a study that makes that connection between these godforsaken lockdowns and uh, what happened th up to the election and all the way up to God last week. That was horrible. You know, that whole, that whole sequence of events was a mess, but when you look at it, uh, especially from a mental health point of view, you know, people are going to go cuckoo. They're, they're going to start buying whatever you throw at them. And then you've got anarchistic opportunists who are just going to feed off of that. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah, they're. Um, and don't uh, get me started about the media stoking yeah. the fear and, and, and division flame because yeah. they're all doing it. That's, they're yeah, that's, you know, that's, well, well, I'm going to take that those those chips and I'll push them over here because we're having a friendly discussion and, you know, <laughs> I have a tendency to lose my temper and say things I shouldn't say. And <laughs> so oh. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I like you, Dave, and I don't want I don't want to mess your show up. <laughs> no, please. This 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 whole show is it's not designed to be edgy it, it's designed to 
it's it's designed to within reason do what i personally view as the truest expression of free speech uh jordan peterson a uh, a licensed psych- psychological doctor from canada uh said something that i saw a few months back that I mean, I, I sort of knew, like I understood it intuitively, but y- you know how you don't get it concretely until somebody right. tells you. Right. He said that in order for there to be any real speech, any dialogue, any communication, any conversation, you have to take the risk of being insulted. Y- yeah. Yeah. You have to. You have to. And that's that is a huge problem I have with a lot of people who take on what are now like hyper liberal, hyper leftist, leftist, especially mantras, and they just hold on to them for dear life. You know, I, I got a problem with that because then that's shutting down exactly what you and I are doing right now. It shuts down a pattern of communication. It shuts right. down the ability to have a legitimate discussion. It shuts down the ability to say, I have I have point A and I have counterpoint A. You have idea B and I have counter idea B. And, and that exchange creates the world that we're currently living in. Right. Shut it down and you have something worse than Stalinism. You have something worse than fascism. You have something worse than all of the fear mongering about strict socialism about and, and that sort of thing. You have something worse than anarchy. You have something where you basically are stuck with your own thoughts. And the only person you can talk to and send messages to is yourself. You're not actually going to ever communicate right. unless you have someone else who can respond to what you said. And yeah, therefore you will not grow. That's right. Grow. That's right. That's and right. You, you won't have, adapt. Right. Exactly. And one of the things is with, with, you know, you have little kids in grade school and you have puppies mm-hmm. and what they have in common is, is that, as soon as you're able to, you want to socialize them. So they learn yes. how to deal with somebody other than themselves, whether it is yes. a four-year-old redheaded Irishman from Alany or it's a, <laughs> a, a Siberian Husky pup, you know, I'm just from one yep. end to the other, you know, yep. and that's, you know, that's how, that's how we grow. That's how we, you know, the whole idea of education is, is expanding your horizons. That's right. You can't expand your horizons. If the only horizon you see is the blackboard, that's right in front of me right here. You know what I mean? You're not going to grow and you have to be willing to sit down with somebody like you and I are sitting here talking. That's right. And, and, and throwing things back and forth with one another without either, either, um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for without, you know, hurling some kind of insult, or feeling right. insulted, you know right. what I mean? It's like, exactly, exactly. So you, you know, get you got yourself. You, right, exactly. A, a, thank you. You said it. I, I I'm not going to even repeat it. I want you to repeat it because I accidentally talked over you. Uh, I said that um, uh, you. No, I forget what you, I said. You said get over yourself. Oh, that's it. That's it. You got to get over yourself. You have get to, over yourself. You have to be willing to take those couple steps over there and meet these people. And there's a chance that you're not going to be accepted, but there's also a chance that you will be accepted. And that's life. It's either or. Right. 
know? it's not like it's not like Facebook. You don't click a like button and the next thing you know, you've got a thousand friends. It doesn't happen right. that way. Exactly. Real life is arduous. Real life is is propaganda. Real life is diplomacy. Real life is communication. You have to right. navigate those nuanced waters in order to be able to make a real connection like you and I have made, not only right. this way, but face to face. Right. Right. And, and yeah, exactly. And and you have to be willing to do that face to face. Talk yes. to somebody, you know, yeah, the chances you may not accept what I have to say. You may not like the music that I play. You may not like what I say during whatever. Okay. That's, that's, that is your prerogative. That's your prerogative. Right. I, I do what freedom. I do. Right. Exactly. My freedom is to do what I'm doing. Right. And your freedom is to say, well, I, 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 okay. I, I, I see what you're doing. And I either go, you either go, okay, I like that. Let me see how this works. Or you say, nah, that's not for me. And you go right. the other way. But you have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have, and that's absolutely. very difficult to do. Some it's very difficult. It is. But, and it believe is. it or not, I am shy. And I was shy. I find kid. that very hard to believe. Well, the very the, hard to believe. Well, the thing is, is that I had to fight through that when I was a little kid, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you know, maybe you, you might be right. I mean, I may have just been being the oldest been, you know, wary of other people, but I always wanted to be able to stick my head in there and get my words in and get my, you know, get. So when I was, when I was younger and I was shy and it was like that the part of the other part of me on the inside that wanted people to like me stepped through that and started to entertain or make people laugh or convert, converse with someone or yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it's just, and, and my daughter, Caitlin, she was, she's shy. And I told her when she was a little girl that you can't let being shy stand in your way of enjoying your life. And that's the way I looked at it. Wise at advice. It, and that's the way I want to put that down there for her. Wise you know? advice. So thank you. So I, you know, it's just, you know, uh, it's just a matter of fighting through that. You keep, you can't let whatever, Whatever is going on inside of you negatively, you cannot let that affect you from going in a positive direction. You've got to constantly keep moving forward, you know, and yep. meeting people along the way and learning. I mean, you only you can only learn if you're learning from others, you know. I mean, right. I learned how to play baseball because the kids were out in the street playing stickball, and it was either I learned how to play. Or I sat on my steps and watched them play. Right, you sat I'll on go the out there play. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go out there and play. I'm, I may drop the bait. I may drop the ball, and all these guys may say nasty things to me. But hey, or you break somebody's car window. Exactly. Guilty. And then you got it. <laughs> Mrs. Donnelly, I I broke your window. <laughs> in fact, yeah, I, that's 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 not a you. You've had that conversation. I've mm-hmm. I've also had that conversation. I've actually had that conversation with my mother grabbing the scruff of my shirt and forcing me to the front door. So that's uh, well, yeah, I, good, good on you for taking the initiative. I never had that initiative. I'll tell you, I, I'll give you a story. Here's, my mouth is dry. Excuse me. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. I don't know how I'm able to talk like this end over, end over, end over, end over, end without drinking anything. I don't know. You're, it's, you're it's, it's, it's me. Oh, good for you. I'm glad you don't have to do that. Uh, 
what happened was we were playing, I grew up in the city. We were playing uh, uh, football out in the alley. Okay. And, yeah, I've done that. And there were kids, there were little or smaller kids that had parked all their bikes behind the Donnelly's house. Now the oh, Donnelly's, no. Mr. Donnelly, they got, they got rid of their garage, the, the, the whole garage back. And mm-hmm. what he did was he put in an, a nice glass window to see out of and, you know, a, a framing it down the bottom. What happened was I caught the pass. No. And as I caught the pass and I come down on my feet, guy hit me and I went into the bikes and the bikes went through the glass. Ew. And it was like, Ew. okay, the Donnelly's aren't home. So we're going to continue the game. <laughs> I know we're not going to let this stop us. But as soon as they come home, I'm going yeah. to go down and knock on their door. Well, one of the guys wow. who was playing with us, one of the guys who was playing with us, in fact, yeah. the guy that tagged me or touched me or pushed me or whatever you want to call it. And I right. went into the bikes. He went to the Donnelly's house first and said, Charlie McGrother broke your window. He said, oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay. you slime ball. Right. Oh. About an hour later, my mother says to me, the Donnelly's are home. So I had to take my 12 year old butt down the street, down on the street, knock on the door and say, Mr. Donnelly, I fell into the bikes and I broke your window. And I told him and he said to me, Charlie, what happened? And I told him what happened. And he said, "Okay, thank you for telling me. And I said to him, well, okay, do you how much do you want me to do to repair the windows? What do I do? Right. And And he said to me, nothing. I'll take care of it. You came down and talked to me. Wow. It was like one of those situations where it's like, okay, fine. Uh, maybe homeowners are going to pick that up. I, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. But right. I didn't go down there to get put off, t- taken off the hook. You know, I was right. putting myself on the hook. Right. Because it was my It was the right respons- thing to do. Right. It was my, and my responsibility. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's life. And, and that's, uh, that's how... You would want uh, kids, as they grow, learn those kind of things that you have to take responsibility for yourself. Uh, and, you know, all, any lesson that I learned, Dave, I've learned the hard way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Sometimes so, it's the only way to learn it. Exactly. You know, it's it, the whole learning situation isn't necessarily falling. It's getting back up. It's the most important right. part. Right, right. Heard an old uh, old Jewish proverb that a righteous man isn't someone who never fails to sin. A righteous man is someone who falls a thousand times and gets up a thousand and one. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Charlie, this this has been awesome, awesome, uh, awesome conversation. Thank, thank you for it. agreeing to do this. Oh, you're welcome. I had a blast. I enjoy yeah. talking with you, Dave. <laughs> yeah, you too, man. Uh, I, hopefully I can schedule some time where we can do this again. Oh, that would be great. You're, you are fun to talk to. Um, you're engaging. And we see things in a different way, you know, from different age brackets, from different, you know, different places. Because I, I I grew up in the suburbs, you know, okay. Norristown area. Okay. So I know some of the urban stuff, but I was never never lived in the city. So you okay. have a whole different perspective, a whole different generation. Um, and, and I appreciate it. And you, you make me think sometimes, and that's, that's part of what I want to bring out. And I'm glad you're able to help me do that. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I enjoy, you know, 
the vice versa with you. I, I, it's incredible. It's great. It's great going back and forth and talking like this. Yeah. Enjoy it. And hopefully we can do it again. That would, I, I hope, I hope so. There's one thing I want to ask. Yeah, go ahead. And when the, the other, the other show that I was on. Yeah. The, the quarantine files. Yes. I just, I, all I know is when will I get a chance to see that or listen to it? That's, that is going to get rebroadcast. I'm trying to remember the sequence. I got to go back through my files. It should be rebroadcasting live on Monco Radio soon. I will get it on the podcast feed as quickly as I can. Speaking of which, this show is, is going to be available probably before the other one. Um, so don't forget to subscribe. DaveAstonMedia.com slash smallguypod. Um, Say it again. DaveAstonMedia.com slash smallguypod. Uh, you'll see the subscription link there. I will frankly admit I'm a little bit behind. Everything that's up there is all from 2020. Uh, all the shows from 2021 are not there yet, but they will be soon. Uh, and, um, you know, I- I'll message you uh, away from the show with with, de- with the details as to when it's going to be broadcast live and when it'll be ready on the podcast feed. Uh, this way, whatever, whatever other shows I decide to rebroadcast, even some of my uh, put some original, of them original forays into radio that date back all the way to 2015. Okay. Uh, will also be periodically rebroadcast through that same uh, podcast feed. So definitely give a listen. Give me your feedback. I'd, yeah. I'd love to hear it. I, I listen to your show because you come on after me. Yeah. So, so yeah. when my show Spe- ends. Speaking of which, for those of you listening live on Monco radio, Monday and Thursday, 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. Catch the broadcasts of Small Guy Podcast. And don't forget to listen before me on Thursdays, that whole four-hour block behind me on Thursdays, Charlie's Classics. It's Monday. Oh, it's Monday. I got that Monday. wrong. I stand corrected. I'm glad you corrected me. I thought well, it was thank Thursday. You. Anyway, it's Mondays. It's which Mondays. Is, which is even better. It's a better way to kick off your day, not end your week. Yes. You need, you need some energy for your week, not yeah. uh not Absolutely. sliding into a Friday. Yeah. And I and I and I love sitting there listening to the show and I take notes. And then I listen to your show and I take notes. Because last night you were had really? a couple of friends on. Yeah, you had a couple of friends on and you were talking about uh news that uh how did you yeah. put it? news I, un 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 What's the word? The, Unfettered the, the, news or something. The 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 show's name was Debatable News. That's that it. ran Debate. for two years, and I had a series of really great co-hosts uh-huh. who, like you and I, we all had different perspectives. And you know, I brought up a topic, brought up some basic info, and then we just threw went it out it. there. Yeah, and just went at it. That's the best uh, way, man. Yeah, my my early shows, I crammed in too many topics. By the end of the the end of the show, right. basically it came down to just one topic. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it took the whole whole hour to hash it yeah. out. And it, it's it's one of those things where you don't want to be ever be caught short, unprepared. Right, exactly. You know, it was yeah. like when I was coaching. It was like when we start practice, I want to make sure that for the two hours. We have boom, 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 boom. It's done. Right. Nobody's just standing there looking at me saying, Charlie, what do we do? Exactly. Walk around in circles. (laughs) Right. And walk the other way. Right. Yeah. So you always have a plan. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, but this has been great, Dave. I've thoroughly enjoyed doing this. 
And uh, I hope I've given you some something to uh, be able to put on your podcast. Always. Uh, Always. Oh, cool. Never, never a dull moment when Charlie's around. <laughs> never <laughs> well, thank a dull you. moment. Thank you. And maybe somewhere along the line, I'm interested in, in, in podcasting. Okay. With, with the music. Yeah. And I want to talk to you about how would we be the best way to do that podcast wise? Because I got a podcast, mm -hmm. something in Podomatic, but it's one of my shows. It's a four okay. hour show that I put in there. Okay. No, and there's no, nobody's, there's no takers, you know, that's, that's the problem with podcasting um, is you are one of eight. How many people are there on the planet? Pretty close to one in 8 billion voices that could be heard through podcasting. Cause each right. and every individual is basically its own network, its own channel. Right. So getting people to go there and listen is the hard part. The best advice I have for you is what Matt Porter has told me, promote, 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 just keep talking about it. Keep talking about it. Keep, you know, hammering away. Mm -hmm. Matt Porter had started the kiss room in 2013. Mm -hmm. It took five years for that show to get off the ground. Okay. And it's get a great the, show. It's a fantastic show. Yeah. Speaking of which, Go to MontgoRadio.com, click on the schedules. This semester is guaranteed to be the most jam-packed semester. There's almost no blocks empty this time. And <laughs> we've expanded the format that was years ago, only five days a week for a 24-7 radio station. It is okay. now seven days a week. There's That's new broadcastable programming on both Saturday and Sunday. And yeah. for you night owls out there, Midnight Madness. That's my all show, I'm going to say. And my show midnight is on madness. midnight. Uh, the replay is midnight on Wednesdays. Mm. So whatever I play mm. on Monday, you get to hear it on Wednesday. If you can't you sleep, get to hear it over Wednesday night. You, you got get to insomnia? hang out with me. Yeah, that's right. Get to hang Spend out with Charlie. Charlie. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> I'm here for y'all. That's right. <laughs> so from my, my Philly brother, I love you. I love you too, but Dave. Let's do this again sometime. Keep in touch. Absolutely. Take care. You too, man. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care.